Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here and if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
Amen. And good morning. It is good to see you. I hope that you and your family had a good Thanksgiving. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Amen. All right. Now you got to do like I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm going to start my uh, what I call the maximum uh, concentration diet and exercise. Now how that works is you do it for one day. You just starve yourself, and you run about five, four miles, something like that, and then you're done for four months. So uh, y'all don't realize how hard I work to keep this like this, all right? So, oh, man, I ate way too much. I, we had a good Thanksgiving. It is good to see you guys this morning. Good to have everybody online with us today as well, and uh, continue to have uh, safe and happy holidays as you travel and as we continue to go through this time of COVID. A couple of announcements that we want to make. Uh, pictures with Santa tomorrow night from 5 to 7. Uh, Megan's got a pretty good booking going, uh, seating time. Everybody's kind of scheduled for about 15 minutes, and we're going to uh, have everybody come in and uh, take pictures. Be sure to bring uh, your camera that you want to take pictures with. That, that's fine. I'm going to be taking pictures as well, so they will have some online for you, and hopefully between the two of us, we'll get some pictures that, that you'll enjoy with the kids with Santa. Uh, so if you have any questions on that, just see Megan. Also, the kids have got a, an outing plan. It's December the 13th uh, at 1.15. They're going to meet up uh, in Jackson at the Empire 8 Movie Theater. And they're going to be seeing the movie, The Star. Now, the, the whole theater is rented out just for us, all right? Tickets are free. Uh, but, however, if you want concessions, you'll have to get your own concession food. Uh, do bring your mask. We'll social distance and spread out through the theater and uh, uh, do all of that there. But that's uh, going to be December the 13th at 1.15 p.m. you need to be there so if you've got any questions again see Megan about that also next Sunday we're going to be having the Lord's Supper and uh, if uh, you know that you're not going to be here and you're here this morning we've got some Lord's Supper material that's out on the vestibule table out here that you can get also if you're at home and you know you're not going to be here and you want us to send you one you need to let us know so we can get it out to you uh, text, email, uh, call us. We can either run it by or mail it to you, and we'll get them uh, to you uh, next week. And when you come in next week, those that are going to be here, be sure to pick up one of the Lord's Supper packets. Our deacons will have that, and they're going to uh, give those to you. Uh, we will just partake of the Lord's Supper next week without actually passing anything out so that we can kind of keep the safe protocol going. Youth, you've got ski trips scheduled for February. The cost is 300 space limited, so be sure to see Brian get that in. Uh, be sure to do that. Deacons next Sunday, we do have a uh, deacons meeting. That will be your monthly meeting. Also, uh, guys, you'll be looking at the 2021 uh, budget. Michael's uh, finance committee is f finishing that up. And then on December the 9th, all right, this is important, December the 9th, after the Wednesday night uh, uh, Bible study both in person and online we're going to then have our uh, business time business meeting and so the most important thing that you need to know about that's when we will discuss the budget for 2021 and any amendments any amendments need to be made that night all right we'll uh, uh, then uh, put that uh, all back together if there's any changes to it 
and and then on December the uh, it's the 13th I guess is that the next Sunday I think it is uh, we will then vote on it at the conclusion of the service uh, no discussion but just simply a vote I think that's pretty much most of the announcements uh, check to the bulletin online uh, if you got any questions on anything be sure to let us know also today is uh, our Sunday where we begin our push for Lottie Moon uh, Christmas offering and we'll be talking a, a great deal more about that this morning in the service also I want you to know that we do have on the table out here uh, some Lottie Moon Christmas offering envelopes if uh, you want to contribute we encourage you to be sure to get one of those uh, put your offering in there I, I do believe that you can do that online as well there is a uh, section to give to Lottie Moon uh, online uh, in the online giving uh, if you send in your check uh, or offering just be sure to either put it a note on there or a note on the check that it is for Lottie Moon so that we do get it applied to the right uh, account uh, our goal uh, for the church is 15,000 this year and so uh, help us meet that as uh, that is such a very very important thing also on the table for those that are here we've got some Lottie Moon uh, week of prayer brochures that uh, this is the beginning of the week of prayer if you're not here you can go online just go to uh, Lottie Moon Christmas offering a uh, week of prayer and you can actually uh, get this brochure online and go through the week of prayer if you didn't know it you can uh, go to Lottie Moon uh, International Mission Board uh, website and you can always have a missionary uh, and prayer request out there I once a week I go out there just to see what the prayer requests are uh, and lift those up uh, for our foreign uh, and international missionaries so uh, be sure to know that but another thing that we like to do is to kind of let you know visually what Lottie Moon Christmas offering goes to and how, what our missionaries around the world are doing and so we like to show you some of the update videos that they work real hard to put out so that uh, we can kind of know uh, what Christ is doing uh, in our world through our missionaries. So we've got one, I think it's about five minutes, and we're going to put it online, and we're going to show you in here. Nani amawai shikuwa na polisi? Nani amawai kuriwa na chawa? Nani amawai laranja kwa street? Nani amawai dhurumiwa kimapenzi ama anajua mtu amawai dhurumiwa uko street Kudhurumiwa kimapenzi Whenever I was hanging out with the boys people would come to me and be like you know these boys are dangerous you know these boys are going to hurt you and you know you shouldn't be here I mean they're just despised by everyone Only a few understand that these are just normal children who have been forced to the streets with different circumstances they're not loved. They're actively insulted and abused and kicked. Show them love and they will respond with love. Show them a bad attitude and they will repel from you. They are just children. In 2009-2010, I was serving as a photographer with the International Mission Board. And one of my last assignments was a story on a young lady working with street kids in Nairobi, Kenya. I would spend from 4 in the morning to 10 at night with this group of 20 kids. 
getting to know them, hearing why they were on the streets. And the whole time I was like, oh my gosh, the Lord is going to call somebody to work with these kids. Like somebody needs to come do something. So I finally just said, Lord, are you calling me to go work with those boys? And I had peace. Like I knew that that's what I was being called to do. Hopefully 13 boys will come to the shelter this morning um, and they'll be rescued off the streets. Honestly, there were so many years that I worked on the streets in Nairobi without a place to take boys. I would just get to know them and help them like in the small ways that I could. Um, and the fact that God has provided the shelter um, and given us opportunity to be rescuing kids off the streets and make a real difference in their life, it's really exciting. Like, life will not be the same for these boys. And Naivasha Children's Shelter, our mission is to rescue them from the streets, to help them to be rehabilitated, to get off drugs, to go through trauma counseling. And as much as we see that these kids need food and they need education and they need a bed to sleep in, they do, they need all of those things. But what they really need is the love of a family. They need to belong somewhere. They need to be well cared for. They need to know that they're loved. And we show them that through the love that the social workers give them here. We show them that by pointing to the love of Christ and we show them that by putting them back in their family where they belong with people who love them. One of our social workers, Elphis, has spent hours looking for one kid that's lost that he wants to be able to have a new life. Um, and it's not just Elphis, all of the social workers at the shelter are amazing. They go to the streets every day and every night. They get to know the boys, they get to hear their story, know why they came to the streets, know what happened in their family, and offer them a way out. I talk to them, I make them understand that despite everything that you're going through, there is hope and there is someone who cares. That's why I'm here. I had seen enough of orphanages, I had worked with enough organizations that I knew the best place for any child is in their family. And we don't just take them home and drop them off. What we do is we spend a lot of time going to the family and finding out what sent that child to the streets. Was it the influence of peers? Was it poverty at home? And then spend a lot of time working on that issue with the family. Every child that's placed back at home, they follow them until they reach the age of 18 or they finish school. Just to make sure that child has no chance of going back to the streets, everything is fine, they have enough food, they're in school, they invest their lives in these children. I'm sure that these kids, if given a chance and a place to make their lives, for sure they are going to change and make a better generation to come. I just want to sincerely say thank you. It is because of Southern Baptist that I am able to be here. The shelter is able to keep running. I'm able to serve in this way because of your gifts to the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering and the Cooperative Program. And it's miraculous to see a child that was alone living on the streets and hopeless uh, reunited with their family. This is the model that works. This is what helps to get kids back home where they should be and where they want to be. Join me in prayer this morning as we uh, lift up Kristen and missionaries like her around our world and pray for them and what God is doing. 
Our most gracious Heavenly Father, this morning we do pray for Kristen, and we pray for those social workers there in Kenya that are working with uh, these disadvantaged kids, Lord. But not only disadvantaged kids, but troubled boys that, Lord, are some of the hardest to reach. And we pray for her mission work and, and, and others like her around the world, Lord, that are working in some tough areas with some challenges that uh, we can't even begin to imagine. But, Lord, we know that we are able to support them, not only when we come together and pray, but when we give. And, Lord, our church, like other churches uh, this morning, are beginning to look at that uh, Christmas offering that, that we're taking uh, through this season. And, Lord, we... we Thank you for the work that has been done and is being done and can be done through uh, the gifts of the sacrifices of your people. And Lord, we're thankful that when we come to the, the time of uh, the Christmas offering and its gift, that Lord, 100% of what we give actually goes to the mission field. It does not go to administrative cost or publications cost or uh, just uh, those kinds of nickel and dime things that that eat away at the good things that we want to do. All of it actually hits the mission field itself. Every dollar, every penny goes there. And Lord, we just pray that as, as Christians and as Baptists, we can write on our heart, not only, Lord, uh, that love for lost people, but the need, the real need that's there and how we can make a difference in everything that we give and what we do. Lord, we lift up... Uh, you this morning, we praise you as we continue our time of worship together. In your name, Jesus, amen. This.
video that were saying nobody cares for me nobody loves me nobody wants anything to do with me and it I would think as a parent it'd be my hope my prayer that somebody would show them that they care for them so that you know that's our emphasis today on Lottie Moon uh, and just it, it's all because of Jesus that we do what we do amen
day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is King. praise your name today. Lord, we do lift up our uh, Lottie Moon offering. We pray that you would impress on our hearts what you would have us to give this year, Lord, to, to reach out to those people that are hurting, to those people that need to hear 
your name, to hear the gospel, to hear what you've done for them. And I pray that, uh, Lord, if we can't go, help us to, to uh, be able to give to send others that can go and that are already there in the trenches uh, fighting that spiritual warfare to, to help lead others to Christ. And we just thank you that uh, you have saved us, that you reached out to us uh, when we were unlovable, when we were unwanted. And we just thank you for that privilege that we have to call you our Savior. We love you today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Yeah. 
Take your Bible this morning and open to Romans 16. Our little guys can make their way to Children's Church. What a, what a great God we serve. Hallie was going to sing that song a few weeks ago, but she got stuck in quarantine and she couldn't come. But we didn't know why uh, two weeks ago, but I can tell you today I know why because that song so perfectly fits with the worship together this morning. And with the message this morning, uh, Hallie, that was, uh, you were used of God this morning, and I thank you. We are in now our Christmas season, that first Sunday after Thanksgiving, and of course that first Sunday after Thanksgiving is also that part of the year, at least on our calendar, as Southern Baptists and as Baptists, we talk about missions and the mission work and the need to support the missions around the world. And this year I was thinking about where we could be together in the Word of God and what we could concentrate on as far as a Christmas-themed sort of series. And, and the Lord laid a verse on my heart, Proverbs 25, verse 25. I know I told you to open to Romans 16. We'll look at that in just a minute. But I want to read this one verse because this is really going to be the theme of our Christmas series. And Solomon says this, Like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. And when you think about it, that's what Jesus is. And that's what Christmas is all about. It's good news from a far country. And that far country is heaven. That far country is eternity. And when Christ came as a babe born in Bethlehem, it was the good news of heaven come to earth to mankind that needed good news of salvation. And we're going to look at that. And particularly this morning, I want us to think about it along this line of, of thinking the good news from a far country in terms of missions. And I want you to think about what Paul says over in uh, Romans 16, verses 1 through 4. I want to read that for you. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church there at Synchria, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many and of myself as well, Greek Prisca and Aquila, also my fellow workers, Paul says, in Christ Jesus. If you didn't catch anything else in that particular passage this morning, I hope that you catch this, that there were some noble women of God that were mentioned in those verses that Paul said have been very instrumental in his ministry and in the kingdom work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here we are at this beginning of this season it is this time when our association and our convention, our state, thinks about international missions, foreign missions, to take up what we call the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. It's an offering that's dedicated to saving the lost and preaching the gospel beyond our land. It's a time in which we commit ourselves not just to give financially, but also to pray spiritually, to lift up uh, our heart's desire, the, the, the desire of our Lord's heart 
to see lost saved. And we do it as Southern Baptists in honor of a lady named Lottie Moon. I have told you on more than one occasions that for some of you, you'll listen to one sermon a week. You, you will perhaps tune in and listen to, to, to our message here. But for you, I, I listen to several sermons during a week. Uh, if I'm going to feed you, I need to be doubly fed myself. But it has been my practice through the years, uh, throughout the week, to, to let God preach to me. And, and I've got my favorite preachers. I, of course, still love to tune in to and listen to sermons that Dr. Rogers preached for years. And, and uh, Jerry Vines, Charles Stanley, uh, James Merritt, A.W. Tozer, a pastor of old, O.S. Uh, Hawkins. Uh, to name uh, a couple, David Jeremiah. There's one fellow that uh, he would have perhaps been more familiar to some of our older members. He's been uh, gone on to be the Lord for a long time now, but that was uh, W.A. Criswell. I still love to listen to W.A. Criswell, former pastor of First Baptist Church, Dallas. Also, uh, he uh, founded the uh, Dallas Theological Seminary there uh, in Dallas and uh, just a great preacher great old-fashioned preacher of old and so i listen to him i love his style that is really a 1950s 1960s style of preaching and it's very fiery let me tell you and i was kind of going through his library this week just kind of listening to a few messages and getting my heart warmed up and pumped up and i came across a sermon entitled lottie moon he preached it December the 8th, 1963. And in that message, Dr. Criswell said he had to make a confession that it had been almost 20 years since he had last preached on Lonnie Moon, and he was asking for forgiveness for not having preached on her uh, in some time. As I was listening to him, I got to thinking about it. Well, in more than 30 years of my preaching, I've not once preached on her life. We've talked about her. Uh, our WMU ladies do a good job of teaching about her, particularly in their own missions group. And the Lord convicted me. We need to hear the story of Lottie Moon. And this morning, I want to correct that failing in my life and also to give you an understanding, particularly our younger people who may not understand why we continue to take up an offering for missions in the name of this person, Lottie Moon, this missionary of old. I'm afraid that many today in the church don't know beyond her name who she was, what she did, and what she ought to inspire us to do. Lottie Moon said this, and I want to give this to you. She said, the harvest is very great, and laborers are oh, oh so few, and she asked the question, why does the Southern Baptist Church lag behind in such a great work? Those were the words of Elijah Moon on November the 1st of 1873. Just 24 years prior, the Foreign Mission Board, the FMB, before it became the International Mission Board, had established a policy that no single woman could serve as a missionary. However, Lottie believed that every person, regardless of gender, of church, regardless of size and resource, had a crucial part to play 
in evangelism and particularly in reaching the world every nation for the name of jesus and just a couple years ago back in 2018 our churches of the southern baptist convention actually marked the 100th anniversary of the lottie moon christmas offering and through the years the southern baptists have raised now listen to this 1.6 billion was the best number that i could find uh, through research in giving to missions 1.6 billion dollars have been raised to go to missions all of it 100 percent of it in honor of this fiery miniature missionary all four foot three inches of her to give you a perspective of how tall she was she would have been three inches taller than our pulpit she would have not been able to stood behind this pulpit to give her testimony because you couldn't have seen her when she sat in a chair her feet would not touch the floor i want us to revisit just why the messengers to the southern baptist convention in 1918 wanted to take up this offering each year in her honor let me give you a little bit about her early life december the 12th 1840 that is the day that charlotte diggs moon was born in virginia not too far from the states of thomas jefferson and james monroe you might know them from history right but she was a virginia girl and somewhere early on miss charlotte diggs got stuck with a nickname lottie we don't really know why but that's what she got stuck with what we do know about her family was that uh, she was raised to be thoroughly baptist she was a baptist girl through and through and uh, they were a wealthy family she was blessed as a young girl the financial blessings of her life gave her the opportunity to have an education that most girls many girls never received or could not have she attended the virginia female seminary at the age of 14 and then the albemarle female institute at age 17. she was proficient now listen to this greek latin italian french and spanish and she also took up later on hebrew i don't know about you but that kind of made me feel a little bit uh, ashamed of myself uh, she was a, a, a certainly a brilliant brilliant young lady by the time she finished school the famous and illustrious uh, uh, preacher uh, dr john a Broadus, who later on became or was the first president of southern seminary said of her called her the most educated woman in the south but let me say this about lottie mooney you may not read this in too many places while her mind was strong her heart was weak when she was 18 reverend rawless had held a series of evangelistic meetings that were going to be near uh, her church and near her school the story is told that Lottie wasn't really very really interested in going, and she had a group of friends, though, that would pray for her and prayed for her specifically by name until one night she decided she would go with them to attend the meetings that uh, Dr. Brodus was uh, preaching. And she only really went that she might kind of mock what was happening there. But that night that she went became a very fateful night in her life for on December the 21st, 1858. Lottie Moon gave her heart to Christ and was born anew, born again. Her zeal for Christ, her zeal for God quickly grew, as did her desire to teach. 
And so she decided that she would teach as a way of serving God in her life. And she moved to Danville, Kentucky, where she taught at an all-girls school. While she was there, uh, Lottie met G.W. Burton and A.B. Cabanis. Both were former Southern Baptist missionaries to China. After a bit of time, she decided to move with her friends, uh, particularly Miss Anna Stanford, uh, to Cartersville, Georgia, to start an all-girls school there. But all during this time, these young formative years, she faithfully gave money to the FMB, the Foreign Mission Board. What was remarkable is that Lottie never thought about going to the mission field herself. She just didn't think about it. One of the biographers about uh, her life, Catherine Allen, wrote this, most Baptists did not think that God called women to anything. Allen went on to write, and she said, uh, in that day, particularly preachers would have, wouldn't have even directed the mission's call to women in their audiences, except that they might would just write along with their husbands. But something happened. Around 1872, there was a change that began to be made in the women missionary uh, women's organization. It started up in Baltimore and then it spread eventually to different states and then to the South. The effort was by Baptist women raising funds uh, for the foreign mission support. And with those funds raised for missions came influence, of course. And Henry Allen Tupper, the corresponding secretary, which would have been the equivalent of the president of the International Mission Board, uh, began to send single women as missionaries overseas. This was something new. And the reason was simply due to a case that had risen for the FMB. A couple had been planning to go on to the mission field. However, the missionary's wife had a sister who was going to go with them, but she was single. And so, being single, she needed the okay to go. And Henry Allen Tupper, along with the mission board, said, that's good. She can go along with them as well. Well, as soon as that happened, well, then others began to respond. And as soon as the word got out, then the Moon family responded. It wasn't Lottie, but it was Edmona, her sister. Edmona said, if you're sending single women, we'll sign me up. And on April the 9th of 1872, Edmona Moon became a Southern Baptist missionary. And two months later, she herself was in China. It didn't take long for Edmona to, to realize that she needed help, and she wrote a letter, an appeal to her sister Lottie. And here's what Edmona said to her sister, you're doing a noble work at home, but are there not some who could fill your place there? I don't know of anyone who could fill the place offered you here. In the first place, it's not everyone who is willing to come to China. In the next place, their having the proper qualification is truly doubtful. Well, with that seed planted in Lottie's heart, she answered the call. And in February of 1873, Lottie heard a sermon that was preached from one of uh, the great mission-minded pastors in her area, uh, R.B. Hedden, 
who pleaded for more laborers. And Lottie spent all afternoon, had spent several days in prayer, and then she decided to cement her decision to go to China. And coincidentally, not only did Lottie decide to go to China, but also her good friend, Miss Ann Stanford, had the same call. They told the girls and their families that they were going to leave the school and they would become missionaries. Many people who heard them remarked, what a waste of such excellent women on an uncaring and heathen people. I want you to know that any time a work of God has started, Satan is always there looking to try to pour cold water on it. And they were being discouraged to go. The question was, why go to China? There's plenty of good southern girls that need to be educated and need to hear about God. But they heard the call and they answered. Even in the face of this discouragement, they said yes to God. Lottie was officially appointed as a missionary by the Foreign Mission Board on July the 7th of 1873, leaving the United States September the 1st of 1873 at the age of 32. After a brief stop in Japan and many uh, difficult days at sea, Lottie finally landed in Tingchao, China. That would be the place that would become her home for the next 40 years. One Presbyterian leader said of Ting Chao, no one lay or clerical would hold out in such a place without a clear call of God to labor to the souls of men. You see, there was much work that needed to be done in Ting Chao. She was surrounded by millions of people in villages where the gospel had never been heard or read or preached. It was a tough city. It was a place of intense, intense hostilities. There were those in the city that were indeed open to receive foreigners, but there were many in that city that did not want to receive foreigners. But there was an opportunity for Lottie. Her greatest work would take place 115 miles away in a section called Ping Tu. Fearless and alone, this woman made her way that 115 miles in that foreign land to work among the Chinese in Ping Tu. As a result of her mission efforts, one of the greatest revivals that has ever swept over the nation of China, where people were won to Christ, took place among the people of Ping Tu because of Lottie Moon. Thousands and thousands of Chinese became Christians and brothers and sisters in Christ. There in Ting Child, there's a little home they call the little house at the crossroads. She lived there for 40 years teaching girls and teaching women and teaching others the way of the Lord Jesus Christ. Truth is, some of the things in her life really astonished me. When I was reading and studying her life, there's some things that I read about I couldn't even imagine. For example, in the Civil War that brought China to the Republic under uh, uh, General Sun Yat-sen, in that war in Ting Chao where she lived, where she lived was actually the battlefront, the battle line. The story is told how a cannonball one night burst through her little house, knocking the corner off of it. 
making a big gaping hole. When asked about it, she said it didn't bother her at all. God still had a work for her to do. And though she lived in the line of fire and was in range of artillery shells, she went to bed and slept peacefully every night. Even though cannonballs were ringing and bullets flying and her own house being bombarded. I don't know about you, but I'm not real sure that I could have done that. I don't think I could have slept as peacefully as she did. Her ministry was hard work is why she was, she was uh, unhappy when she read the biblical recorder back home that had announced that the days of missionary hardships were over. It upset her. She said, this is not easy work. And so it inspired her to write home. And, and let me read you one portion of a letter that she wrote in response to the biblical recorder who said missionary work was easy. She said, I'm always ashamed to dwell on physical hardships, but this time I have departed from my usual uh, 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 kind of a, thinking because I know that there are some who in their pleasant homes in America without any real knowledge of the facts declare that the days of missionary hardship is over. To speak in the open air in a foreign tongue for six to eleven times a day is no trifle. The fatigue of traveling is something. The ends are simply an acme of discomfort. If anyone fancies sleeping on brick beds in rooms with dirt floors and walls blackened by the smoke of many generations, the yards also being the stable yard and the stable itself within three feet of your door, I wish to declare to you emphatically that as a matter of taste, I differ. If anyone thinks he would like the constant contact with the great unwashed, I must still say from experience, I find it most unpleasant. If anyone thinks that the constant risk of exposure to smallpox and con uh, contagious disease against which the Chinese take no precaution whatsoever is just the most charming thing in life, I shall continue to differ. In a word, let him try it. A few days of roughing it as we ladies do habitually will convince even the most skeptical. Indeed, the hardships took its toll on many people. By 1877, the eight new missionaries who had come after Lottie Moon, three were dead, three had breakdowns and had left the field, and one had resigned over a doctrinal issue. There were reinforcements that would be needed. This troubled Lottie. And so she asked, why did one million Southern Baptists only have one man and three women witnessing to 30 million souls? She wrote, a Christian should ask himself not if it is his duty to go to the heathen, but if he may dare stay at home when the command is so plain to go. Lottie stayed in Ting Chow and its surrounding villages until 1885 when she decided it was time to go to that little city called Ping Tu. At that time, Ping Tu held the 12th largest population in the world, and yet no missionary had ever been able to establish a work there. In fact, the U.S. consul had said, we strongly oppose any woman going inland because of the lack of protection. But this uncertainty 
knowing the task would be especially difficult, did not stop Lottie. She wrote later, I feel my weakness and inability to accomplish anything without the aid of the Holy Spirit. And she wrote, requesting for help, make special prayer for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Ping Tu, that I may be clothed with power from on high by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in my heart. Well, did God answer those prayers? Yes, he did. God answered those prayers, and people started placing their faith in Christ. Converts were baptized. Churches were formed. Missionaries were being trained and sent out. One man with whom Lottie studied the, the Bible, Li Ting, came to Christ and later would become a great evangelist in North China, personally baptizing tens of thousands of people, tens of thousands of people, because of Lottie Moon and what she did in his life. Lottie knew that God's work, word was doing the work that it could do. She wrote in her Bible, words fail to express my love for this holy book, my gratitude for its author, for his love and goodness. How shall I not thank him for it? The need was enormous. More funds, more missionaries were needed to sustain the work there in China. This caused Lottie to write a letter, September the 15th, 1887, that would actually go down in Southern Baptist history. Here's a portion of the letter. In a former letter, I called attention to the work of the Southern Methodist women, endeavoring to use it as an incentive to stir up the women of our Southern Baptist churches to greater zeal in the cause of missions. Southern Methodist women in one year have contributed to missions clear of all expenses, nearly $65,000. Doesn't this put us Baptist women to shame, she asked? And am I convinced that one of the chief reasons our Southern Baptist women do so little is the lack of organization? Why should we not learn from these noble Methodist women and instead of this paltry offering we make, do something that will prove that we are really in earnest in claiming to be followers of him who, though he was rich, for our sake became poor. Lottie had made a suggestion. How about Baptist ladies particularly organize? Her suggestion was simply spend some time praying, organizing, getting together followed by the offering that would be gathered at Christmas. The most appropriate time, she said, to concentrate a portion of the abounding riches and scant poverty to send forth the good tidings of great joy to this earth. With this idea being presented in 1887 and debate that followed that sprang from it that led at, led at the SBC meeting that year in 1888, there was a decision made to form what we now call the WMU, the Women's Missionary Union. And by the end of the year, the WMU has raised enough money to send three women to help Lottie. When these women were on their way to meet Lottie, Lottie wrote, please say to these new missionaries that, there are, that they are coming to a life of hardship, responsibility, and constant self-denial. They must live the greater part of the time in Chinese houses in close contact with the people. They will be alone in the interior and will need to be strong and courageous. 
If the joy of the Lord be their strength, the blessedness of the work will more than compensate for its hardships. Let them come rejoicing to suffer for the sake of the Lord and the Master who freely gave his life for them. In May of 1888, the Southern Baptist Convention met, organized there uh, in Richard, uh, Richmond, Virginia, and, and, and talked about uh, the organization, the WMU, as a Southern Baptist Convention uh, group. And in keeping with the appeal of Lottie Moon for the desperate need of supporting the work in China, there was that first Christmas there in 1888 by these missionary-minded women of the Southern Baptist. They set a goal. The goal was $2,000. That's a lot of money back then. And the goal was to, to raise that money for the support of missions in China and around our world. To their amazement, they actually raised $3,000 and sent two missionaries out to China to help with the work. Since then, and every Christmas thereafter, the appeal has been made for a Christmas offering for foreign missions. Unfortunately, despite those appeals by Lottie Moon and other missionaries of the great work, the work of Southern Baptist forerunners, the churches soon forgot the work of Christ and the need for the, for the offering support for foreign missionaries. To keep the work afloat, the board of the Southern Baptist Convention went uh, progressively into debt and in debt and in debt as the board tried to support the work that they had already launched, let alone any new work that might would get done. The truth was there simply was not enough money coming in to support what was already launched, even over any new work. The board grew heavier and heavier in debt. And at the same time, there was a famine in North China that happened to sweep through Ping Tu where Lottie was at. The Christians in Ping too began to die by the scores and by the hundreds and then by the thousands. Lottie Moon, who was then approaching 72 years of age, Miss Lottie Moon took her salary and gave it to feed the poor Christians of Ping Tu. She would withdraw from the bank of Shanghai all of her savings that she had, what little she had, and she gave her savings to feed the Christians there in Ping Tu. And learned to the heartbreak of her life that she herself was living on borrowed money by Southern Baptist in the Foreign Mission Board from Richmond, Virginia. Soon the reports came that Lottie had fallen into the strangest kind of illness. And they did not know why or for what reason. A doctor had been dispatched. He had been sent. And the answer came quickly. The doctor said, Simply this, she's starving to death. You see, for Lottie, if her Christian friends couldn't eat, she wouldn't eat. And if Southern Baptist couldn't raise enough money to support her, well, she wouldn't live on borrowed money. It was decided by those in charge there in Richmond that Lottie needed to come home. She was so sick. There was a nurse sent to get her, Cynthia Miller. She was on furlough. They were going to place both of them on the ship and bring them home together. 
And while they were on that ship coming home, the ship stopped at Kobe, Japan. And in the harbor, frail Lottie Moon, 72 years of age, 40 years, the missionary to China, living in her little berth of that ship in its inner bowels, began to speak and clasp her hand and unclasp her hand and talk in Chinese greetings. Her nurse, Cynthia Miller, was listening to what she had to say and later said Lottie was greeting her old friends that she had known in Ping Tu who had passed away and in Ting Chao. And she was greeting them in love in Chinese. And Miss Miller said it was there and in that occasion that Lottie Moon slipped away to be with all glory. On Christmas Eve of December the 24th, 1912, according to the laws of Japan, her body had to be cremated and eventually her ashes would make their way across the sea with Miss Miller. There in Albemarle County, she was buried and to this day there is a a little stone there in that cemetery next to that church that marks her grave, 1840 to 1912. And these words, missionary of the Southern Baptist Convention to China for 40 years. And underneath that, faithful unto death. In that church next to the seminary, the cemetery, there's a window that's dedicated to her. There's a picture of a woman in a flowing robe walking through the sheaves of ripened grain. And her in the left hand clasping in her heart the word of God. And in her right hand holding the flaming torch. And underneath the words of the Great Commission. Go therefore into all the worlds teaching all the nations in my name. Back in Ding Chao, for three years, Christians, as poor as they were, as hungry as they were, gathered money enough together to buy a little marble slab where they placed at the home of the crossroads where she lived. And they put these words the Ting Child Church shall remember for always. We as Southern Baptists have never forgotten the heart of a missionary. As Hallie said this morning in that song, once and for all, I lay down my kingdoms and I give you, Jesus, my all. Our plea this morning is to love Jesus that way. You may not have anything to give to missions as far as money, but there's not a Christian alive who cannot give their prayers. 
And every missionary, home and abroad, that I've ever talked to has always said, number one, the thing they want the most are our prayers. I would challenge you to at least find the name of one missionary that you could pray for every day. If every Southern Baptist had the name on their heart of a one missionary that we prayed for every day, oh, what God might do in this world, what God might do in our nation. And then what we can give, we do give. What a difference that we can make. It is a delight to encourage you to this cause and to remember those who have given so very much. Heavenly Father, this morning we come. Perhaps someone listening, someone here says, you know, Lord, I, I've not realized just how much you love me and how much your church loves me. And today perhaps someone says, I need to be born again. Just as Lottie's head was strong, her heart was weak, perhaps someone here today is that same testimony. They know that they're a sinner. They know they don't have a relationship with you. And yet today, God, they want to come and give you their life, their heart for salvation. Someone listening online, to say that sinner's prayer. Lord, perhaps there's a Christian here today that says, I am saved. And Lord, today I, I hear a different call. Maybe it's a call to missions, Lord. It may be some young girl, some young fella, maybe listening at home, listening later on this week, just happened to stumble across the service in this sermon. And, and here's the rich call to serve you in a much greater way than ever imagined. Lord, perhaps maybe someone today here at home says, Lord, I didn't realize the need was great, not just for prayer, but to give. And Lord, what we could do if we just got motivated and committed. And in honor of those like Lottie Moon, and in honor of you, Jesus, we reach deep to give our all. Whatever decision, Lord Jesus, today we come, we give it to you in your mighty name. Amen. Would you stand? Let's sing. Let's sing. We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you. And we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.